Been hot during the day. The maximum temperature is going to be around 32 degrees and the outlook is for it to remain fine and hot in the next couple of days. Temperatures are going to rise further in the middle and latter parts of this week. Also be one or two showers. Temperature right now, it's 27 degrees and it's 79% relative humidity. It's 8.30. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. President Trump says it's possible to reopen the American economy and keep vulnerable people safe as he discussed his response to the coronavirus pandemic in a televised town hall meeting on the Fox News channel. Taking questions from across America, Mr. Trump insisted his decision to impose restrictions had saved lives. The greatest economy that the world has ever seen. And then one day they said, sir, we're going to have to close it. I said, what are you talking about closing it? Nobody ever heard that. We're going to have to close it. And we did the right thing. We saved, I think we saved millions of lives. But now we have to get it back open. And we have to get it back open safely, but as quickly as possible. But he refuted claims that he failed to act quickly enough. He defended his record on testing, where the federal government has been accused of not supplying enough material. Mr Trump predicted the US economy would bounce back in the third quarter and accused some states of moving too slowly. The event is meant to relaunch the president's campaign for the November election. The US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has said yet again there's enormous evidence that the coronavirus pandemic originated in a laboratory in the mainland city of Wuhan. Speaking in a television interview with ABC News, Mr Pompeo did not present any facts to support his claim and said he had no reason to doubt US intelligence conclusions that the virus was not man-made or genetically modified. But he complained that international scientists had still not been given access to the laboratory. We tried to get a team in there. The World Health Organization tried to get a team in there, and they have failed. No one's been allowed to go to this lab or any of the other laboratories. This risk remains. This is an ongoing challenge. We still need to get in there. We still don't have the virus samples we need. This is an ongoing threat, an ongoing pandemic, and the Chinese Communist Party continues to block access to the Western world, the world's best scientists, to figure out exactly what happened. China has described U.S. allegations that the virus escaped from a lab as unfounded. The Afghan Health Ministry says 500 random coronavirus tests carried out in the capital, Kabul, have revealed that more than 150 people have been infected. A spokesman said the results from the city of more than 4 million people were worrying. Afghanistan's health system is already weak after decades of warfare. Here's the BBC's Ambrasan Etarajan. The test results have triggered worries that the outbreak may be spreading faster than initially thought in the Afghan capital. The health ministry spokesman had urged residents in Kabul to remain inside their homes to contain the spread of the virus. The situation in rural areas is not clear. The Afghan government lacks the capacity to carry out more tests. In the past few months, around a quarter of a million Afghans came back from Iran, one of the countries worst affected by the outbreak. That's the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. We're basically catching up on the weekend news now after another day of zero infections in Hong Kong. The crowds were out, though, especially yesterday, enjoying the weather. Civil servants are back in the office today and some of their facilities are opening. So where do we stand now? How far can we relax measures, especially those that are travel-related? What about the promise of reusable masks? And after nine this morning, you need to chuck 
Yan will be also be joining us to talk about the Labour Day protests and plans for June the 4th. Let us know your thoughts on all those issues. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Bankchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, bankchat at rthk.hk, or give us a call, and our number is 233-88266. That's 233-88266. program the last one was wednesday wasn't it last week uh, this is from ching okay ching says in an email america's npr uh, finally did a good story based on the analysis of the science and health reporter from the new york times who has decades of experience covering infectious diseases he describes the way that some americans are approaching social distancing measures as a giant garden party compared with what the citizens of china and italy have faced he pointed to china as a model of how to stop a fast-moving pandemic in its tracks using widespread testing and a strict quarantine and commented that China did it brilliantly. On the criticism that China's lockdown was overly strict, he said that China's measures were portrayed unfairly as brutal. Instead of being brutal, China's moves saved probably 10 million lives, according to his estimate. Lastly, he sounded a warning of what might happen if the US reopens too quickly. Uh, We are used to seeing the mainstream American media deliver hit piece after hit piece on overseas political targets such as China which are scapegoats for the White House's own domestic troubles. It's refreshing to see NPR produce a more balanced report from an experienced journalist who cares about his country enough to simply tell it like it is. And Ching has a link to the uh, npr.org story uh, on that. Uh, An email from uh, Wilson. Uh, who says, uh, compared to other places, Hong Kong has done a good job of containing the virus, but you would not know that from Kwok Kar Kee, who always complains about something, and he's not even an infectious disease expert. So I'm sick of his one-note droning that any time I hear him on RTHK, I change channels and I'm not alone. This annoys me because I sometimes miss other important news. We do not suffer from his overexposure on other places as we do with RTHK. So the next time you play a clip from Kwok, please put him at the end of your news broadcasts so we don't miss the other stories. That comes from Wilson. Thanks for that. And finally, one's from uh, Larry, who says, I note that uh, President Trump is moving to replace the Department of Health and Human Services watchdog, headed by a permanent Inspector General, Christy Grimm, whose office has uncovered severe shortages of medical supplies in hospitals in the US. The Inspector General's office issued a report chronicling testing delays in April and released the results of a survey of 320 hospitals. Trump reacted to the report by calling his findings wrong, suggesting the report was politically motivated. He later took to Twitter to castigate Ms. Grimm. Quote, did she report on the failed H1N1 swine flu debacle where 17,000 people died? Question mark, suggesting that she covered up for Obama. The president demands to know. This is only going to make things worse. That comes from Larry. Once again, our email, bankchat at rthk.hk. You can comment on our Facebook page as well and everyone can uh, read it there. That's bankchat on RTHK Radio 3 or best of all give us a call we'd like to hear your voice 233-88266 joining us now in this part of the programme we have uh, Professor Yuan Sheng Yu who's Assistant Professor in the Department of Biomedical Sciences at City University and Dr Grace Loy a Council Member of the Hong Kong Society for Infectious Disease Head of the Division of Infectious Diseases uh, uh, Medicine and Therapeutics in the Faculty of Medicine at the Chinese University good morning to both of you uh, 
Professor Yuan, maybe we'll start with you. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for for joining us. Um, I think your interests are kind of in epidemiology and even kind of the mathematical side of that. Um, You know, from that point of view, how are we faring? Are we kind of, have we been through the worst? Is this the tale now of the infection? For for COVID nineteen, we never know when is the worst time. First of all, but but I, I think we face several different, like a very critical period. What one is during the Chinese New Year Lunar New New Year Festival period, and the, the second period is when there's an outbreak emergence, and in the early March, then lots of students coming back from Europe and. Uh, um, in the United States, so but we already in Hong Kong, we already overcome and passed those kind of critical moments. But but we won't know when will be the the worst situation. Unfortunately, yeah. Is it is it because the good morning? Um, is it that internally, in a sense, we seem to have quite a firm grip on this now? Mm. There's uh, almost no evidence of local transmission. Um, very, very little, very few cases, lots of days with zero new cases. But everyone's sort of saying, we're a business city, we've got to open up to the rest of the world. Is that, is that where the greater danger lies now? Mm. Mm. The, 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 the risk might be increased. So it's very important when, when we start to relax the control measure, and before that, we do a risk assessment to understand how much risk will be affected. But it's generally, I believe, when the incidence is becoming is reducing, normally, yeah, it's a it's a way to like it's a time to relax the control measure a little bit because the risk is reducing. However, we still need to do a risk assessment to make sure what will be the impact if we like, relax certain kind of control measures and whether we, to make sure whether we are all prepared, ready. And there's a, a balance we need to find out. Right. But, but generally, yeah, to relax a little bit is it, it, it's, it's correct when the incident is reducing. Right. They're talking at the end of the week, maybe swimming pools being open, and the related changing rooms allowed to be used. They've all been closed, of course. And if we did that and, and found that there was a sudden spike, then I guess we'd have to review. Right, right. So I because the COVID-19 just started from the end of last year, so lots of the transmission mechanism is unknown. Some people say there's a potential that can be transmitted through like a like a aerosol. But but it's still not quite like a unknown like a quite sure right now. So if it can easily transmit like a, in aerosol then it's still not too good like if so many people work like a, doing exercise in an indoor facility. Right. But 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 we, we still don't know the transmissibility like a inside a door through aerosol. So so ch- generally, I, I think mm, slowly slowly they release a little bit to make sure, as, like what you say, whether there's a spike or, or an increase, whether there's a 
incidents that several community outbreaks like uh, have been produced because certain like a gathering in in a like a small facility or, or in a small room. So so we need to to look. Right now, we, we don't know whether they will right. transmit in, inside. From what I've seen, the, the first phase of the relaxation doesn't include uh, gyms or, or fitness centres and so on, or yoga studios. But these are that follows your point precisely about enclosed uh, venues. Yeah, so that, that's good. That's good because there, there, recently there's a study just published in Nature, I think, from last week. So there's a potential that the virus can be transmitted through aerosol. So if that's true, then they still need more sample size. But if that's true, then it can be transmitted more easier than influenza. Right. This is this is the worst global pandemic for more than a hundred years, isn't it? It seems. What. Do you have any thoughts on why it's happening now? Is it kind of inevitable? Is this because, of course, a lot of people, you know, have said this is this was bound to happen. People like Bill Gates and so on, and I'm sure epidemiologists have have warned about this. But is there any particular reason why it's happened now and why it's been so bad? Mm, there, there can be lots of reason that's um, unknown right now, but generally, lots of Diseases that happen, in, like a zoonotic disease, they they might occur in like a wildlife wildlife reservoir. So animals can like can be affected, but it's not so harmful for animals. But but in 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 the recent years, the I think the distance between the contact between animal and human start to become like a, more and more, and also weather climate has been changed a lot. So that that will all affect the behavior or, or the interaction between animal and human, and that, that. But animal disease usually human we don't have the antibody, we we never exposed to certain animal diseases. So once the contact become higher than before, there's a chance that, that then if the animal contact to human and the disease the virus mutate, that can also infect and cause a human to human transmission. So that that might be. Uh, a main important reason that an out, a new outbreak will be emerged. Right. Some have suggested that because of the growing human population on the world, we gradually pushed out and squeezed down the areas where wild animals live so that we're actually coming into closer contact with them than, than previously. Right, definitely. So that, that will increase uh, a chance. Increase the chance to to like uh, to to contact those kind of viruses originally from animals. Right. Also with us is uh, Dr. Grace Loy, uh, as I say, from Chinese University. Dr. Loy, good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Th- Thank you very much indeed for for joining us this morning. Um, so, I mean, yesterday the. Uh, you know the beaches and the hills were were full of people taking advantage of the sunshine and enjoying themselves and so on. Were you worried when you see that? Are you are you a little bit nervous, or do you think this is a good sign? Well, um, 
I think, um, as you've mentioned, um, we haven't uh, have any local cases for um, like more than two weeks by now. So um, I think uh, it's really time we should think about uh, relaxing um, some of the measures we have been performing um, within our own local community. Um, I think the risk of community transmission right now is uh, fairly low, um, given that we, we don't have local cases and the um, uh, small number of cases we have recently are all imported um, from overseas. But the, this is, this is I think, uh, internal in the sense that as long as we keep all foreigners out... <laughs> we can keep a lid on this and and if there are a few cases we can quickly trace their contacts and, and deal with that appropriately yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think looking at the relaxation from purely an internal point of view that that's fine but what happens when we start to permit uh, people from outside to come in again yeah I think that's really the crux of the problem um, um, since we don't have local cases recently, um, relaxing all these measures within our community, I don't think that's a huge problem or something really to worry about. But um, since we do see, are still seeing um, new cases um, all over the world, and, and um, even, you know, in U.S., Europe, um, the, the situation is obviously um, uh, getting better, but um, many of these countries are still seeing thousands or more than 10,000 new cases every day. So um, the situation is definitely... Um, um, uh, getting better, but um, uh, since there are still a lot of new cases elsewhere, I think uh, we do have to be very cautious in um, our border control. Would it be practical to test all arrivals from everywhere? Well, um, I think currently our um, uh, policy of uh, mandatory quarantine for um, people coming from overseas, I think that's actually a very good measure. Um, testing, of course, uh, um, uh, as an infectious disease physician working in the hospital, that would be something we really would like to see um, if it you know, can be implemented. Um, currently, because there are um, you know, uh, much fewer traveling around the world and possibly we, we can manage to test everyone um, coming into Hong Kong. However, if um, the, the travel bans are relaxing and, and there are much more mobility, um, uh, we, we, we have to, you know, review our testing capacity. Well, because no one's going to come to Hong Kong for a holiday <laughs> or to do business if you have to spend the first two weeks in quarantine. Well, yeah, of course, but um, I think uh, the, the current measure should probably be implemented for a while until we see, you know, um, uh, a, a, a significant reduction in cases elsewhere. Elsewhere, and, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, um, uh, different uh, regions, countries have different... Um, um, uh, the situation is different, so we see a re reduction in cases in many European countries. Um, however, we do see increasing cases, for example, from uh, Russia, some Eastern European countries, um, India, etc. So, so probably um, the the um, policies or measures from uh, people coming from different parts of the world uh, might be different in the um, coming future. Right. I, I, Russia had what ten and a half thousand. New cases yeah, yesterday? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's an extraordinary that's jump. Quite, quite worrying, yeah.
What, what about the masks? The government has, has come forward with this offer of, uh, well, let's say they will supply uh, the entire population with reusable masks. Um, well, what, what do you make of that, Dr Lloyd? Do you think that's uh, welcome? Do you think that will have a difference? I mean, obviously masks are available uh, everywhere now in Hong Kong. They're, they're not cheap. Uh, what, what do you think? Yeah. Well, um, I think uh, 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 as we have been using masks, you know, for the past... 20 years in hospitals. Mm. Um, uh, disposable masks is obviously the best choice. So in terms of infection control, reduction in contamination. Um, however, this of course has to be balanced between the supply of masks. Um, um, I think up till now, uh, the, uh, the um, demand probably is still um, can be um, satisfied, uh, probably because we are already reusing our masks quite a lot, um, actually both in the community and as well as in healthcare settings, uh, which I think um, is obviously not the um, uh, best um, scenario, but uh, it obviously helps to uh, relieve the pressure in terms of the um, supply. And uh, for these um, uh, reusable masks, I think we, we need to see uh, the scientific data, uh, whether the material used are, um, has antibacterial, antiviral effects, and the efficiency, infiltration, etc. And and obviously, um, people should receive very clear instructions. Uh, for example, uh, we heard that uh, there is sort of a limit onto the number of times can be washed and reused and, and how um, uh, people should be using these these masks. Uh, these practical issues, I think, have to be very clearly um, conveyed to the public. One point made, I think, earlier on the, on the program, or a different program, was that, for example, street sleepers would have difficulty in, in washing their masks. So for them, uh, it, it, disposable masks it would have to be. Well, yeah, for, for um, uh, uh, if it's a, you know, a policy for the whole uh, population, then obviously some, some groups of uh, people within the community, they might have special needs. But um, in general, I think um, uh, we really have to, you know, balance the demand and supply issue in the long run. Right. Dr. Lai, the spirit of your earlier remarks was that it, it would be safer to take people, allow people from some countries or, or provinces and so on to come into Hong Kong than others. And we could perhaps um, distinguish the source of, uh, of those people. Uh, where would you think we'd be safer to start off from? I think it really depends on the um, situation uh, in different countries. And um, by that, I think uh, we should um, monitor very closely um, the number of reported cases um, uh, from different regions. So um, uh, that would probably um, help to determine which countries would be safer to, to begin with. Right. Macau looks pretty good. Well, well yes. Um, I think um, actually quite a number of Asian countries, um, uh, uh, we have been, you know, uh, uh, seeing, um, you know, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. And, and also, uh, we have to, you know, distinguish uh, imported and also local cases as well when we look at these data. And also the testing capacity of each um, uh, country. So we know some countries that the reported cases might not be uh, that high, but uh, that 
can, can be due to the lower numbers of tests. So uh, we, these are some of the uh, factors we have to take into consideration. All right. Okay, here's, here's an email from Matthew on the topic who says, here comes the Hong Kong government to the rescue with free reusable masks for everyone more than three months after the Wuhan-originated virus began and now that has begun to settle down. In the meantime, Hong Kong people have taken care of themselves, spending thousands of dollars buying their own masks. I know of newly elected Democratic district councillors who borrowed money in the early stages of the crisis to secure a mask supply for their residents. In Cantonese, there is an old saying that when a pretty girl is late, it's no problem. But this government is ugly, toxic and always late. So it's a big problem for Hong Kong people. That comes from Matthew, backtender.hk.hk is our email address. Uh, Professor Yuan, I mean, one uh, one uh, problem with uh, schools returning was that was a mask supply and maybe uh, if uh, uh, reusable masks are being given out by the government, that would that would solve that problem. What, what about the um, uh, schools returning? Do we have kind of evidence on uh, what difference that makes to the spread of disease? Is it, a, you know, would it be possible in Hong Kong? What are your thoughts? Mm. So that, de- that will depend on several situations because now the risk is generally determined by the in- imported cases. So as long as most of the cases are happen as imported cases and the the infection, like the, the certain infection that, like uh, coming from imported cases to community, those like the first few infections can be quickly, quickly like uh, detected and can be quickly quarantined. Then as long as the, co- the, the community spread doesn't occur, uh, so then, then school, like uh, the, the school like uh, re, re, reopen doesn't, doesn't affect too much, but it will definitely increase the contact rate, the contact mixing. So if the chance of community spread is high, like they they don't if they don't do a very good like early detection and also very good quarantine, then the community spread risk is high. Then then this when the school begin, the contact rate is quite high. There's a a high chance when there's just few community outbreak, then it can suddenly spread away, right. spread out. So it, it really depends on how good they can just limit the, most of the cases as like imported cases, but not community cases. Right. According to The Economist magazine this week, um, children don't seem to be as uh, vulnerable to the... COVID-19 and and don't seem to spread it uh, to adults or to other people. So uh, actually the economist recommends schools opening starting with the younger children. What, what do you think of that idea? Mm, oh, is, is it from the magazine? Yes. Oh, okay. So so, so, say, so there, there's a um, pattern like a age-specific transmission pattern and for for diseases like infectious diseases like influenza like whether for each season whether like a younger affect elderly more or from elderly infect younger more they can be different so it, it could be true that the like what, what like what is say they have a very like a specific pattern they can observe so 
but it, it really depends on the symbol size because the virus quickly like spread away to the whole world and, and the, they, they might have many different strains. So uh, unless they, they really, th this kind of pattern has been found consistent in many different worlds, then I, I think they can make a, like, a, like a significant suggestion or important suggestion that follow that kind of idea. But, but then they, they really need a big symbol size to make sure, because it, it could be like just few, even if it's true, it just happened for a few strands, not like a worldwide, because there could be lots of like a different kind of COVID-19 strain right now because the mutation rate in the, in the evolution. All right. All right. Some, some uh, emails from uh, Anthony. I'll stick them together. Anthony says, while there are still those traveling from mainland China to Hong Kong, which is not what most people say, the border is closed. From Hong Kong government statistics, cases from mainland China are a lot lower than from the UK or the Western world. Look closer, there are over 90,000 people from the mainland, 60,000 from the Western world, but infections from mainland China was only about 10 cases, while from the Western world were over 400 cases. A common sense, where are the sources from the virus to Hong Kong? In this regard, we can we say the data is fake? To our guests, as infections from the mainland China are so low, shouldn't we let more mainland Chinese to come to Hong Kong and stop any people from the America and Europe to come to Hong Kong at least for a few months. That comes uh, from uh, Anthony uh, who goes on, probably many Hong Kong people are overlooking the fact that the virus spreads disregarding political borders from the point of the virus. It travels across the border without needing a passport so actually Hong Kong's infections are similar than Shenzhen and Zhuhai where only some 460 infections have been recorded. The Hong Kong people incline not to believe China's data while they attribute their low infections to their own efforts, crowds outside at beaches and hillsides. All this goes well with philosopher Bertrand Russell's quote, if a man is offered a fact which goes against his instincts, China's infections are low, he will scrutinise it closely, and unless the evidence is overwhelming, he will refuse to believe it. If, on the other hand, he is offered something which offers a reason for acting in accordance with his own instincts, Hong Kong's low infections are the result of people not believing the government, he will accept it, even on the slightest evidence. The origin of myths is explained in this way. Anthony, thank you very much indeed for that. Thank you to uh, our two guests for the first part of the programme this morning. That's uh, Professor Yuan Xing Yu, uh, Assistant Professor in the Department of Biomedical Sciences at the City University, and Dr Grace Loy, Council Member at the Society for Infectious Disease, Head of the Division of Infectious Disease uh, Medicine uh, in the uh, Department of Medicine and Therapeutics at the Faculty of Medicine at the Chinese University. Li Chuk Yan from the Confederation of uh, Trade Unionists, a former legislator, will be joining us uh, after the news at nine, talking about the protests uh, uh, on Friday uh, and uh, also uh, going forward as well, perhaps uh, June the 4th. Uh, if you want to talk to him, uh, give us a call, 233-88266, as we talk about uh, protests and the uh, disease between now and 9.30. Before that, the weather, mainly fine, hot during the day, temperatures up to 32 degrees, 27 degrees now, relative humidity is at 76%. Is ignoring science and denying reality. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Back Chat, first one of the week with Mike Rouse and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're reviewing the uh, COVID situation uh, in the first part of the programme today, also talking about those new government uh, measures uh, and the possible relaxation of some of the containment uh, efforts uh, in the coming week and uh, weeks. Uh, we're also uh, coming into the uh, season of uh, protests. We had May Day, of course, uh, last week. We have um, June the 4th and we have uh, July the 1st on the horizon uh, as well. We're joined now by Lee Chuck 
Gan, who's General Secretary of the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions, to talk about uh, protests and about uh, uh, reaction. Uh, as ever, uh, you can talk directly to him by calling us on 233 uh, or you can email hk. Uh, a variety of emails as ever on a variety of topics. Anthony, uh, continuing the email, says, uh, just like the herd immunity, any measures suggested by the Western world is something sophisticated, intelligent in the eyes of Hong Kong people. Just it's their problem that they're not up to standard to in- understand the deep insights and implications. Everything done by the Hong Kong government, social distancing, school closures, quarantine, are all wrongdoings. That's uh, Anthony. Um, let's see. This is from uh, Mr Pink, who says, apart from Taiwan, the country that has garnered most media praise for its handling of the pandemic has arguably been New Zealand. But if you analyse the numbers, Hong Kong has fared far better than New Zealand. New Zealand has had 1,487 confirmed COVID-19 cases and 20 deaths. That compares with Hong Kong's 1,040 cases and just four fatalities. In other words, Hong Kong has had 43% more cases and five times as many deaths as Hong Kong, despite having a population that is one-third smaller than Hong Kong. I'm not writing to highlight that uh, New Zealand has had more cases than Hong Kong. That would represent some crass example of bragging rights. Indeed, both places deserve plaudits for their respective successful management of the crisis. My point is that New Zealand has deservedly been in the spotlight because it has a smart and effective public relations team and because its Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, is an extremely talented communicator, particularly with the media. In contrast, Hong Kong's PR machine is slow, ineffective and lacking in street smarts while our leader Carrie Lam too often adopts a low-key stance despite being a highly articulate and intelligent person. Throughout last year's anti-government protests, the Hong Kong administration was constantly on the back foot partly because it lost the battle on the social media and broader news media platforms and because its PR was shambolic. Having now chalked up a significant win in its battle against a pandemic that's floored the world, Lam and her PR team should be blowing Hong Kong's trumpet, albeit with humility and some restraint. That comes from uh, Mr Pink, thank you very much in, indeed for that. Um, some comments on Facebook as well, which I'll get to in a moment. But uh, first of all, some, some emails uh, from Mike, our regular correspondent Mike, um, who has a story from, uh, links to a story from Newsweek, uh, which is that Dr Fauci uh, uh, backed controversial Wuhan lab with millions of US dollars and uh, has a story about Dr Anthony Fauci, who's an advisor to President uh, Trump and something of an American folk hero, according to Newsweek, um, uh, saying that uh, he, as I say, funded scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Um, I've got to say, Mike, well, first of all, if you read the story, uh, he is a... uh, He leads the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Disease. Uh, They committed $3.7 million in 2019 uh, for research... Um, which included scientists at the Wuhan Institute and other institutions. I have no idea. I mean, 3.7 million, to be honest, is not a huge amount of money uh, for a start. And also, uh, as I say, it was at other institutions as well. So I have no idea how much of that money actually went to the Wuhan uh, Institute or how significant that was. And that was, of course, that was in 2019 as well. So I'm, I'm not quite sure about the significance of when Weren't there uh, also some American doctors... In Wuhan, as well, doing doing those studies. Uh, I'm not sure. 
Not sure. Uh, okay. Uh, the other thing is, uh, Mike, you said, uh, just for your information, uh, this is not coming from the White House. Quote, the Japanese professor of physiology medicine, Professor Tasuku Honjo, caused the sensation today in the media by saying that the coronavirus is not natural, unquote. This professor has been studying viruses for years and has put his Nobel Prize on the line for his position. If China would let experts go to Wuhan to study, wouldn't that put an end to the speculation? That comes uh, from Mike um, with this is with the subject line now the other shoe drops hugh stay informed if this isn't a reason for further investigation uh you've already been signed up for the ccp you've been listening to ccp <laughs> propaganda that comes from mike mike so so i google that while we're listening to the first part of the program and the first thing i come up with is a story from afp uh pointing out that that the the that uh Tasuku Honju, uh, Honjo didn't say that um, right. and um, that he has complained that he was completely misrepresented. He said he never made those purported comments. Uh, he said that the posts were di- misinformation. Fake uh, news. In fa- entirely fake news. Now, Mike, how, I can find that in five seconds. In fact, if I Google his name, that is the first story that comes up. So, I mean, you're an intelligent person, Mike. Why are you passing? Why are you falling for that kind of thing? And why are you passing it on? Mike, I'm just genuinely interested. I mean, because there are all the indications that that's completely fake, that that didn't really happen. So why are you repeating it? Okay, answers on a postcard. Uh, Lee Chuck Yan, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. Um, the, the, the protests that are uh, on uh, Friday with uh, May Day, they didn't amount to very much, did they? Um, does that mean that there really is not an appetite uh, in Hong Kong at this time for public protests? No, it's actually been banned. So what happened is we tried to get a, a license, uh, so let's have no objection, and what was rejected, and then we appeal, again rejected. So we decided, you know, since this is going to be uh, a banned uh, march, and uh, therefore we cannot really mobilize people to go there. And we have changed our tactics to having uh, uh, 60 street booths all over Hong Kong, uh, publicizing, mobilizing uh, the people to join union and uh, to fight for labor rights uh, in Hong Kong. So in a way, uh, the march itself uh, was completely banned by the police. But we decided, apart from having the 60 street booths, uh, to have a small demonstration, which actually, because under the public order ordinance, uh, if you have less than 30 people, you don't need to notify the police. So we go on with a small eight-person demonstration uh, with four persons in each group uh, having a social distance of more than 1.5 meters and to march over to uh, protest. And therefore, it's um, naturally... Uh, that uh, it's very small because we we decided it should be small. We are not going to ask people to, of Hong Kong to come. We ask people to go to the street booth to uh, to join our uh, street booth in getting the pamphlet and and, and joining the union. Uh, but the demonstration is very small. And what happened, of course, is even if a very small demonstration, uh, we have uh, about 30 police surrounding us, and then we are sort of ticketed for... Uh, uh, a breach of the so-called, uh, uh, you know, uh, prevention of disease um, right. uh, uh, regulation, the 559G, the infamous 559G. 
and 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 everyone get a, a ticket for that. And but we still proceed on to voice out. What was the response of your at your booths? Did people turn up at these sixty booths or what? Yeah, people turn up at the sixty booth. And in my booth in Hong Kong, um, we we were surrounded by more than one hundred police uh, in a, uh, in about five fifty minutes time. And they tried to say that we have to disperse. And I said, why don't you do the counting? One, two, three, four. We have only four person there. So how can you say that we have to disperse? Well, surely so the finally they disperse. You know, but of if course, the police have got there. to disperse. There's more than four policemen. Pardon? The, the police have got to disperse as well. There's more than yeah, four of them. I said that you guys are, you know, uh, uh, you know, having a public health problem, creating a public health problem when you have hundred police in a very busy street in Hong Kong surrounding us, and so it is us who have a danger of uh, being affected. Uh, uh, so we asked them to leave, and and then finally, after about uh, 20 minutes of, uh, of of time, you know, surrounding the booth, they decide to go. Right. But uh, those coming and and we have of course lots of people coming to the booth, uh, asking questions about joining of union, about their own labor problem, complain about unemployment problem uh, during the COVID-19, and so I think the booth is very much able to engage with people. Uh, but um, uh, too bad that it's a period of time when, when right. uh, the police, uh, or hundreds, more than hundreds of them, uh, are on Mong Kong Street. Uh, Mr. Lee, I think looking ahead, we've got to be real here. We've got the traditional June the 4th. Uh, we've got June the 9th, which is the first anniversary of the first big march on extradition. We've got June the 12th, which is when the students surrounded LegCo. We've got June the 16th which was the second huge march. Then we've got July the 1st, the traditional one, and coming up on the horizon, there's commemoration of Yoon Long incident and Prince Edward Station. I mean, can't you just pick one big one and, and have a march then? We, we can't have a summer of these. I, I count at least seven or eight uh, potential marches. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really a lot will be happening. But it's not for us to say, oh, pick one. You know, it's actually, there's so many people organizing marches today, uh, apart from the Civil Human Rights Front, uh, that uh, it's very difficult to say, oh, we pick one day. You know, people, people will pick, pick their own day, and people will decide which day they will go. But definitely June 4th is a big day. The July 1st must be a big day. And uh, so this too definitely will be big. You're not worried and, about protest fatigue? Is, of course, well, can we... Uh, organize a big uh, rally nowadays. You know, that's the that's the challenge. Right. But, I mean, even if the police said, OK, because the danger of the virus is now diminished, the 559 regulation is softened, or the health authorities say that, aren't you worried about protest fatigue? No, I think, you know, of course, uh, we, we have been talking about protest for fatigue for many many months already, to be honest, you know. But people are not fatigued because people feel that their demands are not being met. So I think it's up to the, 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 the uh, government. You know, that's one demand, apart from the democracy big demand, the demand that there should be an independent commission of uh, uh, inquiry into police violence. And I think that is a very much of a consensus among the people of Hong Kong that if you want to so-called... Uh, try to placate the, the, the people or have a sort of a truce 
uh, there should be, uh, firstly, there should be investigation to, into the uh, police violence and uh, uh, amnesty for uh, uh, for the protesters. But, but of course, you know, the, both are not met, and then the police violence is still going on. So um, it's up it's up to the government to respond to the demand and not up to the people to say what, that. What we do you mean, police violence? Sorry, you said police people violence still is still. Angry. You said police violence is still going on. What can, what would that be? When would that? Yeah, every day, you know, when just when you look at how they uh, enforce the uh, 559G, the, uh, uh, when they go to a mall, you know, they keep on pushing people, arresting people, uh, dispersing people. Uh, and 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 many, very often during these dispersions, uh, they will threaten you with the uh, tear gas and 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 push you around. And one guy uh, in the Thai Gu Sing uh, Mall, the assistant to a district council uh, uh, mem- member, was being pushed down to the ground and 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 hit. Uh, his head was being hit on the ground, and and therefore you know the, the, they they are still unleashing. Uh, police violence. Though already there are no, not, no, not real protest now. It's just uh, some singing session in the mall. Uh, for us, we have only eight people, or in the booth, we have only four people. They are still doing that. Yeah, and and I, I think uh, it's time, you know, for really to uh, uh, to calm down uh, the police in a way. They are really quite. Uh, 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 unleashing and very much of a, uh, a violence against people in, in many of the events that have gone on for many months, and I think it's Mr. Lee, it's time you, to investigate. If you're talking about the incidents last year, I think there are some questions that need answering. But so far this year, I mean, one person pushed to the ground and banging his head on a global level of police action—that seems right at the at the gentle awesome. end. It's just, it's, and we have. But that guy is not doing anything. So why are you when they are, you know, you, 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 when he is just trying to talk to you, you just push him on the ground, you know? But, but anyway, uh, 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 we are not trying to compare, uh, in a way, uh, 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 the violence with last year. You know, you, you said that oh, this year is already better than last year, but still, it's violence, and last year is not accountable for. So what we need is really a total investigation so that people will feel that justice uh, was seen to be done and then uh, uh, those who are responsible for those violence uh, can be brought to justice. And I, I think this demand uh, is, is there, but then the response to the demand is not that they really do the investigation, but they keep on uh, unleashing more of the protest uh, police or, or the, the, the anti uh, uh, the riot police into the into the street. So I, I think it's time now to look at the firstly the police violence and secondly uh, the the restriction of on marches. You know, you 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 restrict people uh, by in uh, you know abusing the five five nine G. You know, when t- we have two groups, only eight people going. You 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 ticket us, but when the pro Beijing camp, they go and protest with. Three groups, none of them are being ticketed. So it's very obvious it's a political issue. It's a political prosecution nowadays, and 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 uh, uh, so it's the whole Hong Kong system is now being undermined because everything is considered from a political point of view, political point of view, not the law point of view, 
and it was very unfair. And then uh, it's very dangerous that the rule of law in Hong Kong had changed to become like China, the rule by law. And so they are using law against the people, and and not really the law is protecting uh, the people. All right. Uh, some more emails. Drake says, "Re Labor Day protests." I happen to be having dinner in the Newtown Plaza. Shatin, unaware that there would be a singing protest. There were lots of shoppers at the fifth floor sports house, quite a number of shoppers at sixth floor fortress, a bunch of diners queuing for tables on the seventh floor where I was. Discreet protesters were on the ground floor and the balconies displaying flag banners and chanting slogans. Everyone was content, minding their own business, until the real rioter, the police, rushed in around 8pm, I think, to shut down the operation of the whole mall, uh, effectively blocking the only linkage to the Shatin train station, which them all with the only structure crossing the tracks. It seems to me that while this pandemic is easing locally, the police is taking a more proactive role to damage our economy in the name of infection control. I ended up walking out of Shartin that night along the riverside. Uh, and uh, S says, I think everyone saw a photo of the CE with her newly appointed ministers on stage. This is after the social distancing laws were announced. I wonder if these people are exempt from these rules or the police has been charging members of the public for rule violation. That comes uh, from uh, S. Uh, Anthony has a question for Lee Chart Gam. Anthony says, when you talk about the Independent Investigation Commission, are you referring to the one for the 1966 riot? Police violence refers to being pushed. Then what about the rioters? Arson, petrol bombs, corrosive acid attacks. Is that peaceful? That comes from uh, Anthony. Mr Lee? Yeah, of course. uh, What we're talking about Independent Commission on Police Violence is, uh, you know, there are two levels. One is like the 1966 level, whereby it's a comprehensive uh, in, uh, commission on inquiry into the, also the, the reason behind the protest, the, the riots at the 1966. And then the, the whole uh, handling of the uh, ca- uh, issue by the, by the Hong Kong government at that time. And, but there are two levels. So, uh, you know, it's, we, one, when we talk about independent commission on inquiry, uh, our level is about police violence. Of course, we would not preclude the, le- the other level whereby you also go into the roots of a problem, you know, why the people protests are coming out, what happened during the protest. And when you talk about police violence, even if you invest just into the police violence, it is unavoidable, you know, about what the protester is doing because, uh, you know, they can always argue that the police violence is a reaction to the protester uh, action. So, uh, you know, uh, 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 any inquiry has to be uh, comprehensive. So, in a way, both sides of the situation uh, should be seen. But we are confident in the sense that, you know, uh, it is, it is whatever uh, the, the, uh, during the protest, uh, you know, it's the police that escalate the violence. And very often, they are, you know, they are forcing the people to go into a more violent act, which we don't agree. But still, you know, it's a reaction to the police uh, uh, ever escalating a police violence that have prompted uh, more uh, uh, radical action. So you, you would be happy with an investigation into violence used by the protesters as well? That the investigation yeah, because you, would happen can, from you both. have to see both sides, of course. Yeah, we are not saying that we only see one side. But in a way, we are confident that even if you see both sides, you know, it's the protester... Uh, 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 so-called violence is being prompted by the police, ever escalating. So there's a there's a cost and 
and and uh, uh, effect. You know, it's the caused by the police, and then uh, the, it, it further anger the people. So we 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 are we we feel that we are confident that if there's an independent inquiry, it will be the police violence that will be uh, focused on because uh, they are the one that caused the violence. Uh, all, all Alright, here's an email from John who says uh, Hong Kong's economy is facing an unprecedented recession with unemployment likely to exceed 8% over the next few months. We appear to be winning the battle against C-19, giving the economy a chance to recover. But won't street protests simply arrest any possible recovery and exacerbate the economic crisis? That comes from John. Mr Lee? Yeah, of course. No, you can, you can you, we have to talk about what is the behind the protest. You know, and, and unless the, the, the contradiction within society, the basic uh, problem of society is, is being solved, or else it would, not, it would never end. You know, when, when you look at how the Chinese government is interfering in Hong Kong into our rule of law, uh, interfering into the Hong Kong government way of dealing things uh, internationally and locally, you know, we are controlled by the Communist Party now, and they are escalating their control. So uh, this is also bad. It, it, it's really damaging to the economy. Also, if Hong Kong is no more Hong Kong, what, what sort of economy we are going to have? So when you talk about economy, we have to go back to the root of the problem, is that the contradiction within society, how to solve it, how to really protect one country, two system. China should not interfere so that our economic well-being and also integrity and also system can continue as it is. Uh, uh, but we've also, of course, we always criticize that there's no economic justice and that there should be a balance well, between Mr. Uh, Lee. The, the powerless and the powerful and, and that yes. Hong Kong can go on. Mr. Lee, that's all well and good, but you're from the Confederation of Trade Unions. As this unemployment rate starts to skyrocket, it's your members that are going to suffer. Yeah, of course, we, we, we don't want our members to suffer. So that's why we are asking for emergency relief fund for the for the unemployed. But what are the government is doing during COVID nineteen? They are pouring money into the in, into the business, uh, but without any measure to ensure it goes to the unemployed and the needy, the most needed underemployment unemployed those who are on no pay leave. And this is the system that we are so angry with because they never thought about unemployed. And, and therefore, as a CTU, as a Confederate trainer, represent our member, we fight for economic uh, justice, uh, 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 emergency, and employment relief. And we have also to fight for a system or democratic system that the voice of the workers can be heard. But this is not the system that allows workers' voice uh, to be respected. And then we are, uh, have always been very unjustly, politically unjustly, uh, a system that we have to say so that we can never really uh, have a, a chance of voicing out the workers' uh, concern because in the last go we are always uh, in the in the weaker sector. And, and therefore, unless the system can change, we are not going to just look over a short-term uh, 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 answer, solution. We have to also a long-term solution at the same time, of course, short-term measure. All right, he, he, but, okay. But the, the 
solution it has to be long term. All right, here's an email from Martin who says, could you ask Lee Chuck-Yan about his take on the latest bomb case? Fortunately, the police was able to uncover last Saturday. The pressure cooker IED seems to be similar to one used at the Boston Marathon in 2013, capable to cause similar carnage. In addition, it looks like the terrorists plan to spike the bomb with another 14K of dangerous chemicals. Can Lee Chuck-Yan condemn such acts and appeal to the public and anti-government protesters to stop the use of violence and resorting to terror acts? Yeah, of course, we, we condemn all the, 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 the bombs, and of course, we don't, don't sanction that at all. Uh, but then one, one has to think about, you know, not just condemning the, 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 uh, the, the, those acts, but also try to resolve the problem by having a reconciled reconciliation in the whole society, including independent commission uh, on police violence. And, and also, one, the other thing that uh, we really never know, who is the guy that do that thing? Well, there's a case, I, have, I hope everyone understands. There's a Kwai Chong uh, police chief that, you know, was being uh, charged of, you know, uh, uh, instigating people to put bombs on uh, before, or, or petrol uh, bomb before the police station. It's the police that is behind some of that act. So... How do we know which act is police uh, instigated and which act is the protester or, or, or some, some, someone uh, out on the street? We do not know. And, and therefore, you know, the solution is not just condemning, uh, 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 but also re- having some measure to really solve the problem. All right. An email from Anthony who says, Lee Chuck Yan, give you one advice. Karma hits. When it comes, it comes to your family members, not you. Case in point, Raymond Wong Yuk Man. So, Lee, do you want to respond to that? I don't understand. What? The family? Uh, karma hits. Uh, and when it comes, it comes to your family members, not you. Karma hit? I, I've karma. Um, there'll be revenge. There'll be retribution. Justice. I don't think we... Karma, you know, as in K-A-R-M-A. I think, I, I, K-A-R-M-A. Yeah. yeah, of course, we, we do not want revenge or retribution. You know, uh, we, we, we really, what we want is uh, a, a, a solution to the problem now, the contradiction within a society. And, and I think uh, what has happened uh, now is actually the, the, the solution is even further away when Chinese government is interfering and... and and, and that is a real big problem now uh, in the fu- in going into the future because the situation is tightening, not relaxing. And I think that is calling for even more problem in the future. And all people of Hong Kong should stand up for Hong Kong. All right, some, some more emails to finish off. Uh, Anthony also says, obstructing a police operation is already a good reason to manhandle that, manhandle that person. Uh, Mr. Lee, that comes uh, once again from uh, Anthony. Yeah, but... But come on, you know, uh, police operation, they, is the operation reasonable? Are you saying that any police operation that is uh, uh, even very unreasonable and then you try to, and when you try to sort of voice out your concern, then they manhandle you. Very often it's not that, the, that, that during these situations, the protesters uh, are trying to, you know, sort of, you know, fight back. Very often they are just standing there and then they are pushed around. And, and manhandled by the police. It's, and the police ab- operations are very often absurd. So you want to have to see what sort of police operation you are talking about. 
Okay, well, Lee Chuck Young, thanks very much indeed for, for, for joining us this morning. Uh, some emails uh, back on the uh, topic of the disease and the disease control. Anthony again says Shenzhen, with more than 12 million population, has only 460 cases and three deaths. Isn't it more effective in containing the virus? John says, as governments are talking now about territory by territory, removal of travel barriers for people from places with low COVID transmission, what we are seeing develop in Asia is two separate travel areas. Leaders of Singapore, Australia, New Zealand and Korea are already talking about reciprocal lifting of travel bans. Meanwhile, Hong Kong will lift bans, barriers on travel from the mainland and Macau. Other countries don't trust China data and will resist lifting barriers to travellers from China. And we will be caught in that. That means for the foreseeable future, several years at least, Hong Kong people will be able to own to the mainland but not the rest of the world. Bravo, carry one country, mission accomplished. That comes uh, from John. And a different John says, uh, according to the medics, 20% are asymptomatic, but we don't know, right? They're still wandering around Hong Kong, question mark. The virus has several mutations. How will that change the progress worldwide and in Hong Kong? It's plainly idiotic to open any border before the real situation is known. All visitors, including so-called special cases, government officials, etc., have to be isolated for two or three weeks. That comes uh, from John. Martin, a different Martin, says, uh, in listening to your scientifically qualified guests, it's clear that we need to urgently understand the epidemiological background of the coronavirus. Where is the full scientific data from mainland China? I agree with US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo that the international scientific community, including the WTO, uh, assuming WHO, WHO, need access to the Wuhan market and laboratories to discover the facts. Shame on the mainland for not allowing this. If they continue to refuse, we in Hong Kong and countries around the world will remain vulnerable to new waves of the China-sourced infection. So Mike Rouse can put on hold the idea of Hong Kong resuming its usual international role as the fear and uncertainty continues. That comes uh, from uh, Martin. Uh, the other Richard says, today the MTR minibuses will be crowded with civil servants returning to the offices and occupying their desks and workstations how does this meet the social distancing guidelines wave three on the way uh question mark uh and uh yeah okay and on our facebook page uh tom says great news we now have many days of zero cases of covid19 uh here i think it's a good idea to skip the political news and uh read the first-hand stories from nurses doctors and victims of coronavirus the stories i've read are from new york are truly horrific i hope people in hong kong can keep in mind how it would be feel not to be able to breathe for days and not have anyone help them before they take their masks off and restart the party too early. There's a link to a story on CNN. TC says, uh, how about this for an idea? If Mike, the listener's comment, is factually inaccurate after fact-checking, how about the host save the show's time by not reading the comment? Don't compromise the quality of the show by giving the impression of fair and uh, balance. Um, uh, thanks for that, for that, TC. And uh, Mike also wanted to... OK, here's Mike's... Uh, latest comment. Uh, Mike says the professor's supposedly rebuttal by fact check was dated April the 29th US time. My original email was dated April the 29th Hong Kong time. I carefully check or vet comments, quote, as you know, before I send you. He reportedly said this a while ago. That comes from Mike referring to those to those uh, comments. Uh, thank you very much indeed for, for uh, that. And thank you to uh, all the comments uh, and uh, thoughts from uh, listeners. Uh, Anthony, there's a couple there. I'm afraid they've come in a little bit uh, too late. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Mike. Many thanks to you. Especially to the guy who got Bertrand Russell quoted. You like I, that? I really like that. <laughs> nice to see old Bertie turning up again. Uh, the weather forecast, mainly fine, hot... 
temperatures up to about 32 degrees today and temperatures will rise further in the middle and latter part of the week. 28 degrees now. The relative humidity is 77%. Thank you.